All right. Um, you can. I mean, it's, I'm fine. Thank you so much, Paul. All right. Hey, so I'm going to take about 15 minutes and uh, share some, tr- some more truth with you. Come on, everybody say the truth. The truth. Hey, so we're celebrating Palm Sunday this morning, right? And uh, we're looking towards uh, next week, which is the week of resurrection and new life. Somebody say amen. And I just want to share with you very briefly uh, a principle. And then I just believe that God is going to do some things as we actually facilitate what we just sang this morning. Come on, everybody, put your hands up like this. Come on, and just go ahead and shake them off like this. Very good. I am in the right place. Well, I want to read to you just a couple of things uh, this morning and share some truth with you. And uh, here's what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. It says, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and the trumpet of God uh, and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and after that, we who are alive and are left or remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. The greatest hope that any person could ever have is life after this one. It's crazy how some people think that this is all there is to it. Can I just tell you something? This is not all there is to life. As a matter of fact, every person in the world that has ever been born or who will ever be born will either live forever or they will die forever. And I'm so glad that I don't have to die forever. Come on, somebody say amen. But there's this precious promise of the hope of the return of Christ, which we celebrate next week. You know, and it's, it's amazing to me that, you know, what is, what is here is going to be gone and what's inside is going to live forever. Come on, look at your neighbor right in the eyeballs and say, there's more to you. It's the truth. It's amazing to me that people think that when they die, it's all over. But it's interesting, you know, we dress up, we do stuff, you know, and how many of you know that the real you is who's looking out of that set of eyeballs? You see, because without your spirit, the body is dead, the Bible says. And see, our bodies are going to die. They're going to decay. We're going to go home. But what, what we are inside, who we really are, is what's going to live or die forever. I was at a dear friend's funeral yesterday. She was 86 years old. She was a part of the beginning of our campus in Carthage, 31-acre, beautiful campus, 38 beds, God's been so good to us. They were there when it was not as beautiful as it is today. How many of you uh, have been here from the very beginning? How many of you have been here from the very beginning? You've seen the transformation of what's happened here, right? Amazing journey. You see, the most important thing on the heart of God is this, is that you and I are ready for the return of Christ because he's going to come back again. Comfort one another with these words. So you see, to attain the resurrection of the dead is the most important thing that you and I could ever pursue. You know, we read in John chapter 20 where Jesus was raised from the dead after his crucifixion. And it's kind of an interesting thing, but all these saints uh, were, were, were raised from the dead. Come on, everybody say the resurrection. 
right? That was a resurrection in the past. We read in Ezekiel chapter 37 of another resurrection. There was a valley of dry bones that were there, a bunch of dead people. There was no life in them. And, and God breathed upon the bones and they stood to life and they were raised from the dead. Somebody say that with me. Raised from the dead. Absolutely, it happened. Listen, Matthew chapter 27, verse 51, when Jesus was crucified, the, the veil was torn, it was split, and all those people came out of the graves. Luke chapter 7, verse 11 through 15, the only son of a mother. They're in a funeral possession, and, 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 and the boy's in the casket, and they're, they're taking him out of the city. And they're getting ready to go and put him in a grave. And Jesus comes to the place where he is and he stops the procession and he puts his hand on the coffin. And the boy gets up and he gives him back to his mother. Come on, somebody say, resurrection. You see, the resurrection is a reality of the past, but the thing for us to look at, that there's going to be a final resurrection that I just read about there in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16, and for us to be ready for the return of Christ. One more, i got to give one more to you. It's Luke chapter 15, verse 32. I love the story of the prodigal son. Everybody say he was not dead. It was a wayward son of a father. He went off, took his inheritance, spent it all, wound up in the pigsty, Longed for the food that the farmer was feeding the pigs. Some of you know the story. It's an amazing thing. I love the prodigal son story because here's the deal, man. If you and I mess up, come on, somebody say we can come back. I just want you to know that, that God loves you today with an incredible passion. He loves the broken and the hurting. Those that are bruised and wounded in this life. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. And whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I love the words of the prodigal son's dad. As he waited on the porch, looking down the road when his son had been gone for some time. And his son began to come down the road and his dad said, My son who was dead is now alive. You see, that's what Teen Challenge does. That's what the church does. We take things that have been dead and we speak life into them. Forgive me for getting excited and a little loud. I just might do it some more, so just get ready. Everybody say, he's getting ready to close now. Good, I just want to make sure that we're good. Can I just tell you something? I'm, I really am going to whittle this message down to three things. And then we want to facilitate this because I believe that God wants you and I, the most important thing is for us to be ready for the return of Christ. Are you ready? Are you ready for when Jesus comes again? Hey, at the end, when he comes... Will you be accepted into the kingdom of God? It's amazing how hard people make that whole deal right there. Come on, everybody say simple. It is so simple. You know that Jesus died on the cross. We will celebrate that next Friday, and then Sunday we'll celebrate the resurrection, which is why we can have resurrection life and be raised from the dead ourselves. But Jesus died for the sins of the world. You that know that many people that he died for, what he did will not be applied to their life. 
Are you tracking with me? You see, it's amazing. Here's how simple it is. The book of John, chapter 1, it says, For as many as received him, gave he them the power to become the children of God. For as many as believed on his name. You see, the most important thing this morning is, are you ready for the return of Christ? Are you a part of the family of God? Then number two, I believe that God wants us to be ready, not only to be ready ourselves, but to live in resurrection power. You know, there's many people that in the world today that are believers, they attend church, but they have all kinds of life-controlling problems. People who struggle with drug addiction and alcoholism, pornography, with sexual abuse and bitterness and resentment, unforgiveness. Do you know that the whole gospel message revolves around this one principle? And it's the principle of forgiveness. Jesus died because I needed to be forgiven of my sin. He died for the world because the world needs to be forgiven of their sins. But he gave us the same ability to forgive others. Do you know people who are unable to forgive are some of the most miserable people that you'll ever meet? And you know, it's interesting because when somebody is a perpetrator, and you know, and just thinking about this weekend, Paul, and you know, all those ladies that have, that have had their lives torn apart, all the people whose lives have been torn apart by drug addiction and alcoholism, different kinds of things that have happened in their life, and they're holding bitterness and resentment towards someone. You know the one who's really in bondage? The one that is not able to forgive. It's crazy. I've had people in my office before who've been sexually abused by somebody that is a clergy member. And to try and tell that person that you should forgive is, is a, it's an easy thing to mouth, but... You know, really, the human side of that would be that I'd really love to hurt that person. Come on, somebody say amen. You see, because it's not natural to forgive when someone hurts you that deep. It is a supernatural thing that happens when God gives somebody the ability to release and let go of an offense. <clears throat> I had a man, he came to our campus, he was a successful businessman. He's about 40 years old at the time. It's been many years ago. He came and married two girls, two, two little girls in his family. Man, he just could not stop using drugs. His marriage has fallen apart. His dad used to take his mother down the stairs and he would tie his son up and pee on him and then beat his mother in front of him. And to tell him, you know, that He's trying to drown all the pain with drugs and alcohol, you know, just wanting to check out of life. Maybe you know somebody like that. They're just drowning in a bottle. They just don't want to deal with reality. I don't blame people that have had those kind of things happen to feel that way or to medicate. But what an amazing thing to hear that young man as God began to heal his heart to, to say and mean. I forgive my dad for what he did. You see, I believe that God wants you and I not only to be ready for the resurrection, but he wants us not to live under the bondage of those kind of things in our life, under drug addiction, alcoholism, abuse, words that have been spoken over you for a lifetime. 
Everybody say he's getting ready to close now. <laughs> to live in resurrection power. Listen, to be able to walk in real freedom as we celebrate this freedom weekend. I believe that some of you in this place are going to experience a freedom before we leave this place like you never have before. And then number three, I believe that God wants us to do this. I believe that he wants us to speak into the lives of everybody that we come in contact with and bring to them the same freedom that we have. I'm getting ready to close now. And I'm reading from the book of John chapter 11 very quickly as I close. Everybody say he's closing. Amen. That's my third close, right? So I'm ready to wrap it up. We're going to pray together in just a minute. You see, we think about the resurrection and those that I spoke about in the past. We think about the one that is going to come when Jesus returns for those who are ready. But I read about a story about Jesus and his friend. And here's what I read. And so when Jesus came, the backdrop of the story is his dear friend Lazarus had died. And they put him in a grave. Jesus finds out that his dear friend has been dead and he's in a tomb already for four days. Verse 18. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the woman around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask God, he will give to you. Verse 23 says this, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. I just read that at the opening of the message. That the, the day of the Lord will come and the trumpet of God will sound and the dead in Christ will rise. Talking about the return of Christ. And so she said, I know that. Jesus said this in verse 25. He's, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though, though he may die, he will live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? I'm going to ask you the question this morning. Do you believe this, church? Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life? Jump down to verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, the Jews who came to her weeping, he groaned in his spirit because he was troubled. Verse 34 says this. And then he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35 shows the compassion of Christ on his dear friend. Come on, everybody say friend. How many of you have a friend? Come on, how many of you have a friend? Where have you laid him? His dear friend was dead in a tomb. 
We're looking at physical death here, but can I just tell you something? There's people that are alive today that are spiritually dead. They're like walking dead people. They're walking around us every day. They're They haven't been born again, and they have no life in them. They may be physically alive, but spiritually they're dead. Where have you laid him? He begins to weep. Verse 38 says this, And then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb, and it was a cave. And there was a stone that was laid against it, and Jesus said, Take away the stone. And Martha and his sister uh, of him who was dead, and he said to them, Lord, by this time there is a stench. He'd been dead for several days, and he began to smell. He has been dead for four days. Verse 40 says this, and then Jesus said to him, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee. That you have heard me pray. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, he said this that they may believe that you sent me. Verse 43 says this, Now when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus! Lazarus! He begins to cry out for his dear friend. They roll the stone away from the tomb. And he begins to cry out for his dear friend to come forth. Then it says that he who was dead came out bound, hand and foot, and he had grave clothes on, and his face was wrapped with a cloth, and he said to them, loose him and let him go. You see, three things as I close right now, three things that I believe God wants to do in this place today. I believe he wants us to do exactly what Jesus did. How many of you want to do what Jesus did? Come on, raise your hand right now. Three things that Jesus did. He prayed, he called his friend forth from the dead, and then he told them to lose him. Can I just ask you something? How many of you have a friend that is lost in this place? How many of you have a friend that is in darkness and away from God? Hey, can we just begin to cry out Lazarus right now? Can we call the dead from the dead today? Can we do that? Come on, somebody just scream a name. Lazarus. Who is it that you need to come out of the grave today? Come on, say that name. Ian. Lazarus. Come on, somebody scream a name. Let's call the dead forth. Come on, scream a name. Somebody scream Lazarus with me. Lazarus. And the dead man came forth. You see, I believe that people can come out of a tomb, but they can still be wrapped in grave clothes. 
I believe that people can be born again but still have things that are holding them in bondage. I believe that God wants us to call forth the dead today. Jamie, can you come to the keyboard, and can I get our leaders to come and stretch right across the front? Hey, listen to me. Jesus prayed. He called his friend from the grave. And then he said this. He said, excuse me, here, let me. No, he didn't. He turned to those that were there. And he said, loose him. I'm turning to you today and I'm saying that I believe that God wants us to call forth the dead. I believe that he wants us to have a compassion and passion for the lost, those who do not know Christ. I just wonder as I turn to you today and say, let's call forth the dead. How many of you want to do that today? Come on, lift your hand. There are some of you in this room, you've got a family member and a friend, somebody who's near and dear to you, maybe a neighbor that needs to come out of the grave. They may not be physically dead, but they may be spiritually dead. Some of you have family and friends that are bound by drug addiction and alcoholism. You feel like there is no hope. Can I tell you today that I believe God's calling us to to call them out and to loose them and see them set free. Hey, you know what? It's interesting to me, but can I just give you an observation? I'm turning to you right now and I'm saying loose him. Is there anybody that's going to move and loose this young man right now? Or are you all going to sit in your seat? Anybody? Anybody? a grave clothes, Alec. This young man has come out of the grave. Really, I mean, really. Ty was in death. He's been brought out of the grave and the chains and the wrappings of death are being removed from his life. Is there anybody else that wants to help? I just wonder. Let's loose him. Jesus turned to those that were there and he said, you loose him and let him go. You see, this morning, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray and we're going to call forth the dead and we're going to loose them in the name of Jesus. Everybody look up here at me while they're, while they're doing that. All of our leaders here have some grave clothes for you. You have a family member, somebody that's in your home, a friend, somebody that needs to be delivered. We're going to begin to sing, and the altar is going to be open, and you can come and grab one of these grave clothes and have one of these guys pray with you that those things that have either bound you or your family, some of you are ready to come right now. Come on. Don't wait one second. If you have a family member or somebody that needs to be delivered, stand to your feet right now and just come to one of these workers. Get one of these grave clothes. Can I just tell you something? You need to take this with you and you need to stick it in your Bible or your place of, your place of prayer so that you can remember, man, I'm just going to tell you, I need some ladies up here. I just do. 
Can I get some praying ladies up here? Because we're going to pray for deliverance right now. Yep. Here you go. Let me get a pile of these. And I just need some ladies that can pray. Hey, will you just stretch your hands and just begin to pray this morning that the power of God would be released in the lives of the people that we're praying with? I need some ladies to come right over here and pray. I need some some of our leaders to come over here. We're going to pray with your family. Let's call their names out. Ask them what they need prayer for and who it is. Let's call their names out to God. Father, in the name of Jesus, let's take that grave clothes and lift it up right now. Will you do that? Just lift that grave clothes up to God. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray right now. Will you pray with us right now? Will you do that? Would you bow your heads and just pray with us right now? God, we pray right now for people who need to be delivered and set free. We pray for people who have been bound. And we ask in the name of Jesus Christ that you would begin to loose the bonds that have held them in bondage. In the name of Jesus Christ.